Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. This is about community. And he is, you know, as I said in the story, kind of the ultimate gardener. And he's just kind of always cultivating life and community everywhere he touches his brushstroke. I would dare say there's probably not a chef owner, developer in the restaurant business industry in North Carolina that's opened more restaurants since COVID. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. RMO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. If you tune into this podcast regularly, read Raleigh Magazine, or follow us on Instagram, you know we tell stories first and differently. It's about more than just the competitive side. It's RMO. We make everyone an insider, informed on what people are talking about, or what they should be talking about. This isn't easy and doesn't just happen. We keep secrets, we protect sources, and we win the persistent, or maybe the annoying award for following up, but it pays off. This month, our December issue hits a new record with the most exclusive reveals with five pieces of hot intel. With me today to dish on the stories and more, it's Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausam. Lots this, of big news. I know. This is such an exciting issue. Like, you really can't plan for the stars to align like this. I mean, you can dream it, but you just you can't imagine that it's going to come true this way. But, you know, beyond all the excitement of having the handful of exclusives, I think, is the gratitude. This is really a tribute to, you know, having those relationships, to, to, to having people trust us to tell their stories. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it really is, as I say, it's about building relationships um, building trust. Each of us has different friends, clients, sources that we're constantly working. And funny enough, all of them came together this issue. I mean, we would love to spread it out just a little bit. So having five in one issue is a lot. Um, <laughs> is a lot. But you wrote one of the biggest ones. 
Yeah, so we've known for a while, um, and this is, you know, a tribute to you. We all have a relationship with Georgios, which is what this one's going to be about. But you really you really got the intel on this one. But, um, yes, I was able to sit down with him and interview him about a market that he's opening. So if you thought that Georgios had written his last chapter, and, my God, he's written a lot of chapters. He's got, you know, Rosewater and the uh, Georgios Pizza and— um, Las Rambles. Las Rambles. And, you know, we could keep going. He's got places in Wilmington and Durham and Chapel Hill. And so, but here he comes and he's opening an oh, Easton Market, of course, he opened this year. And now he's opening another thing at Easton, which is Georgios Epicurean Market. And Jim is the acronym. And that is probably not an accident, obviously. No, it Quite is not the gym, an acronym. Just like the man. <laughs> he is definitely a Jim. It is a funny story because it's it was back, God, it's been six months ago, easily, there was another story that I still want that he hasn't given me. Oh yeah, we know. We yeah, talk about keeping secrets. Like we Boy, have another one. This is a already. secret. This one is so hard not to talk about. And so I thought, well, you know, being cocky, I thought I'm going in there Tuesday afternoon. I went to East End. I know he's in there usually on Tuesdays. So I'm sitting at the bar when he walks in and he smiles and we start talking. We order food. We have drinks. I tell him what I want. He says no. Um, <laughs> But he does say to me, well, you know, I'm doing something next door. I'm like, what? He goes, that whole space to the right, that's going to be a market. I said, huh? And I said, do I get to tell that story? He goes, yeah, and we're going to open in January, and you can tell it in December. And, and Well, now it's in the spring, of course. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I meant, he, it, I think then, they were yeah. going to get plans going yeah. and be willing to tell what they had in mind. He was interviewing people. He had a vision. He took me next door. And, you know— a lot of times people will say stuff like that, and then that's the persistent, annoying thing that Melissa does or that I do. <laughs> we call back, oh, you ready to talk? You ready to talk? Well, first of all, he's got to be one of the most charming oh. people on the planet. And, I mean, it's it's just really fun to talk to him. And he, he is very intentional with his time. He walked you through it. And then mm -hmm. when I interviewed him, so I went and met with him. Um, for an hour at East End, and then we did a walkthrough. But I joked when I came back to the office that it was like going to Europe for an hour. Mm -hmm. I go in, I sit down, he pours a glass of Prosecco, we break bread, literally. And, you know, he's just, and when I got back, you know, I don't even think I told you this, Lauren was like, I knew I should have said I wanted to do this story. <laughs> I just was like, I just took a little jaunt to Europe for an hour. I was I was going to go with you that day. You were. I told you to come. It was so much fun. He is from Greece, you know, so he has like the most perfect accent. <sighs> He's so smart. Sitting there listening to him talk about it. He's such a visionary and he's so inspired. And the reason why he does things are so intentional and, you know, it just kind of writes itself because the things he says are just so poetic and, you know. I always and, say all men should be as charming. They yeah. should, he should give lessons. There's just something charming and delightful and polite, yeah, elegant and kind. Him. You oh, know, he's very generous gracious. with his time. Yeah, generous. And so we sat there, and then of course we went and walked through. I, one of the things I wanted to point out, which it's in the story, but if you're familiar with East End, there's parking right now in front of what. So if you're looking at East End Bistro to the right, is where the market's going right. to be. And right now there's a parking lot in front of it, and that will not be there anymore. It'll be a huge patio, terrace. He mentioned perhaps a water feature, lots of different kinds of seating. He really wants it to be, this is about community, and that's sort of his MO. And he is, you know, as I said in the story, kind of the ultimate gardener, and he's just mm -hmm. kind of always cultivating life and community everywhere he touches his brushstroke, and this is no different. And everything about it's going to be very curated. I, I love the, like, the way he described it with that— you know, you can just 
go to any store and get what you want, but it's not about having all the things. It's about having a select number of things and they're chosen um, intentionally. And then they're going to have people in there that you can go to and say like, I want a gift and I want this wine and this olive oil or help me get. So he said to me, he goes, Dean and DeLuca only better. Mm -hmm. He goes, and more personalized. And if you've ever been in a Dean and DeLuca, you realize, I mean, it's, those are great, but I can see this being so much better. Yeah. Because he said, We'll have olive oil, but we'll have the three best olive oils right. in the world based on him or his, yeah. you know, his purveyors that he wants to work with. Yeah. Um, wine will be huge. Mm-hmm. He said the wine library. He's going to have a sommelier helping people pick it out. Yes. And the chef at East End will be doing some baking. William will be doing baking at the market, and he's an operating partner, I believe. And yeah. there's just sort of like – so there's also a cafe – and it's just day to night, right? So you're right. going to have your coffee and then in the afternoon or evening, um, liquor, beer, wine. And it's very like, it is very European, also maybe just bigger city, even though it's a, it's not a major market in terms of space. I mean, it's big. Right. But it's going to feel um, intimate. But at the same time, like when you picture going to like, I don't know, New York or Europe, but, you can go, it's like there's a butcher and there's a this. Right. You know. Well, that you said the three Bs, butcher, baker, beverage program. Right. I, you know, I almost see a Dean and DeLuca slash bodega mm-hmm. where you can run in and pick up a meal and dash. There's always going to be prepared, yeah. good prepared food. He said it is perfect for like grab and go versus come and hang for a while, read yeah. a book, bring your family, bring a date. He was very reminiscent of his time in the Greek villages. He said his mom um, would cook and, like, send him to the market, and he was just back in Greece. And he talked about how he is so inspired by those markets. And when you go in them and you talk to somebody, they don't just work there. They actually are passionate, and mm-hmm. they know what they're sure. talking about. And that's his vision is is not just a market with people who work there. It's like a true hospitality experience. I would argue that there—and I have not done any research on this, so somebody can prove me wrong— as you like to say, at me and tell me. <laughs> I would dare say there's probably not a chef owner, developer in the restaurant business industry in North Carolina that's opened more restaurants since COVID. Yeah, I think you might be right. And I, like, I I just can't think of anyone. He opened a steakhouse, G Prime, in Wilmington as we're recording this week. I cannot um, wait to try it. Yeah. So, and actually, like, he is so, he's so, he's such a friend of the magazine. So, he was just texting me. He, this week he was inviting her down to, to Wilmington. We for need dinner. to go to Wilmington, right? Yes. So, uh, I mean, and you, what, his last opening, you were there? I was at Kipos and mm-hmm. I um, was in Durham and I've been to his new restaurant. It's not new now, but it's what, a year old, year and a half in Wilmington. I mean, he's just, he's knocking it out of the park. They're all so unique. I've gotten to know Ashley, who works with him, and mm-hmm. keeps him in line, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, she keeps him organized and about how he comes up with the names. He names all his restaurants. Oh, yeah. There's, there's something a, behind there's the names. There's a very I, fun— I would love to write a story yes. about that. I think that the biggest thing here, too, though, is is back to your relationships. I mean, we've we've known a lot of secrets or things that he's not willing to reveal over time, and we've kept them, and mm-hmm. that's how we were able to get this story. So— I think that it's fun to see that play out. Yeah, the the other our cover star for this issue, if you are a connoisseur of donuts, <laughs> you are going to love this issue. Pick it up. It is it is just beautiful. It's fun. It feels festive even though it's not technically festive. It's chocolate. Yeah. But Tipui donuts, 
Yeah, a huge fan base for Tapui Donuts. Oh, you know, they, and, they appear in a lot of different places around town. And and this is Lauren Source, Lauren, yeah. um, the associate editor. They are opening their first brick and mortar. Yeah, I know that's so And this huge. is huge. So it, this is in a small strip shopping center um, at Capitol Boulevard and 440. And, I mean, it's a grab-and-go kind of place. There will be seating, coffee, and a rather spacious, large patio. But if you get your donuts, if you love their donuts around town, now keep in mind, you'll still be able to get them in all those places. They're going to keep that up. But now they have somewhere where, you know, destination you can go and pick up donuts. Um, oh, yeah. And he's such a cool guy. He's a native of Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And he learned to bake at culinary school in yeah. Venezuela. And he's done a lot here um, in the community and just really built a name for himself and his concept. And I'm I love- very excited for him. And also, like, to your point on the cover, um, this is actually an incredibly difficult issue. This is So we have 10 issues a year. And this is the December-January issue. This is one of our double issues. It's and a winter issue. This one is incredibly difficult. A lot of um, magazines do November-December to sort right. of book Make in holiday. the holidays. And for us, this is an issue that what feels relevant in December may not feel relevant on January right. 5th or 31st. Put, and so, Yeah, and we're not going to put a Christmas tree on the cover and, right. or a wreath. I mean, it's got to have longer shelf life because the content has longer shelf life. And so it is a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a huge win for Alejandro, and he's that's who's yes, behind Yes, of course. Me. And he's so excited. And, like, when we got these pictures, Lauren was like, these are cover worthy. And I was like, I don't know if we're going to, you know, we're very careful to not have food and drink on every cover. And right. so it was we nothing. We could do it. Still, Trust me, we could do it. Exactly. It was definitely no knock on the donuts. But I was like, okay, well, February's best bars. I'm not sure that we're going to take a swing at that. And then— we're going through our cover options, and I, I was sitting in the office with you and Liz, and I was like, well, Lauren suggested this, and I turned the Dropbox folder around, and I mean, you should have seen Gina's face. She was like, oh, my God. I mean, they are, and, and I'm not—I i am one of those rare people who doesn't really love donuts. Right. But I'm not a sweets person. I'm a savory person. Throw some something salty, crispy, French fries. That's my go. That's my jam. Yeah. But, but they are beautiful, and I know they're delicious because I've had them. And it has such a beautiful wintry look to it. And, and it's, it's a good story yeah, about somebody story. who's built their own business. I mean, Alejandro started making donuts in the kitchen at Mandolin mm-hmm. during covid yeah. He has successfully launched a business, and 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 props to Sean Fowler for allowing him to yeah. use the kitchen and helping him get his career off the ground. Yeah, and and so I mean that that's one of the things I love about Raleigh's hospitality community. Mm-hmm. So many people have started their careers in the kitchen of someone else's restaurant, yeah. or bar, or shop. As you like to say, that reach back and pull forward. Absolutely, I love that. This. Next exclusive, if you will, was the first reveal of photos of a new restaurant coming to North Hills. Mm-hmm. And I will say, we have never put, I hope somebody doesn't correct me, an interior of a restaurant on the cover. Just a flat interior without people or anything. Right. If there were going to be one, oh, this yeah. would have been it. It's gorgeous. I looked at it. It is stunning. Tamasha Modern Indian is, I noticed the sign. I was at North Hills yesterday. The sign is on the side of the building. Oh, yay. Yeah, they should be opening very soon. It's such a gorgeous space. We did get the opportunity to announce that, you know, that they were opening. Right. We announced that on our Instagram, but we really wanted to do something in the issue. And, of course, we have this thing where it's like, well, we don't want to tell a story that's been told. And, right. and nobody was waiting to announce the restaurant yet. And so 
Annabeth worked on this story. She worked with them and was able to um, secure the exclusive first look at the inside of the restaurant. And I mean, you just got to get the issue. Like, I can't say enough about it, but it's a very gorgeous space. It feels kind of glitzy and glamorous. And that's very fitting because this is a concept that's coming. We're seeing a lot, and you have to stay tuned to the February issue for this, um, but we're seeing a lot of elevated Asian restaurants start to descend on Raleigh. And this is one of them is um, intentionally elevating Indian food um, and kind of breathing new life into maybe the way people perceive it. And and I think the atmosphere does that. I think it does too. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at shopvillagedistrict, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and 8 rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, catch the big game on multiple TVs, or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixx.com. And I think when you think about it being next to Cachillo mm-hmm. and next to Woodhouse Spa, Cachillo is such a, a stunningly gorgeous space, sort of like East End. They're just so different from a lot of things in Raleigh. This space is just breathtaking. Oh, it really is. So um, the owners, Mike and Tina, it's interesting that Preeti from Chini mm-hmm. introduced them and helped make create this partnership. And they've brought a chef in who I'm going to let you say his name. Bhavan Chawani is the name. And he is, I mean, that is just a powerhouse chef. It just He's worked in multiple oh. Michelin restaurants around the world. And I, that's another Michelin chef coming here. So, Well, and I thought Michelin's it was attention. interesting in when, when Annabeth came back to the office and shared with us that, you know, they're going to take some traditional, you know, Indian dishes that may have chicken in them and do them with scallops or oysters or, mm-hmm. you know, mix it up and, and change it. So you'll get a little bit of what you believe, what you may be accustomed to with Indian food, but a totally different way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just, it's a really interesting thing. We have another um, episode that we're looking at, like trends that are coming in 2024. And I think one of the things that we noticed that is, happening is people bringing either a certain kind of cuisine into the area or elevating a cuisine mm-hmm. and making people think about it differently. So I'm excited for for the team, but also North Hills because there's 
a lot going on in North Hills there right now. There is. And speaking of that, I'm going to say, I have never understood, first of all, why Mia Francesca closed. Right? So that was the restaurant. It was not a hotel restaurant. It was the restaurant adjacent um, to the Renaissance, Raleigh Renaissance Hotel. Mm-hmm. I loved that spot. I thought their food was good. I remember when they had their big opening party. I mean, it it was just classic great but for whatever reason, like anything else, it just faded away. I don't think it had the business to stay open. It closed. It, that surprises me, actually, as a side I, note, because, I mean, I feel like anytime my family wanted to have, like, a casual dinner, but one that felt nice, that's always where they chose. Well, and it was, was so easy, big tables, spacious. Yeah. But so we are getting Leo's Italian Social is opening there. Yeah. And that's coming soon, slated if everything goes as planned in January. But it's classic Italian faves. It's pizza, pastas, um, and I love house-made limoncello. I know. I can't, will not wait to get my hands on that. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's going to be, I think it'll fit the vibe of that area. It I don't looks think like they're going to change like, a whole lot. They said some of the furniture would change, a little bit of the atmosphere, but it's such a great space. Yeah, I think it'll still have that upscale, casual vibe. All of this is coming out. Well, the market, actually, that we started with is March slash spring, but... Tamasha should be by the end of the year, if all goes according to plan, Leo's in January, and then Figulina, we've talked about before. Yes. Um, But we love to extend uh, an exclusive when we can, right? So after the original reveal, now we went back and they made some dishes. Lauren got to go, and she came back from the shoot, and I was like, how amazing was it? And she said, we didn't taste it. So oh, they did it all I would have been like, as much as I love pasta, that would be my go-to. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is, so Figulina <laughs> is going in the former Humble Pie location. Mm-hmm. They feel very blessed to have that location. They are honoring the history of that space and not really changing it dramatically and really going to enjoy the patio, large patio, um, and have visions that it's going to be more than a restaurant. I mean, I think there's hope that it will might be cooking classes. There may be an Italian market where you can pick pasta up to go. I think all of that is secondary to getting open. Yeah. But when they describe pasta and and as a vessel of carrying all kinds of flavors, I'm like, you had me at vessel. I mean, I love, I love pasta. I I love that. And in case anybody isn't familiar with this, this is um, Chef David Ellis, who was Mm -hmm. with Ashley Christensen at Pools for years um, and now formerly. And he's doing this concept. And also in terms of the pasta, like if you're just thinking spaghetti or lasagna, no. like, no. This is, I mean, I'm sure he will have some traditional pastas, but this is all kinds of new pasta types. Ones I hadn't heard of before. Like, no, Rotello? Yeah. Uh, Cor- Corsetti, Corsetti, I believe. So I, it's going to be really exciting to see what these vessels are and yes. <laughs> what else they transport. So that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, this was a lot of big announcements. And we have one more thing we're going to toss in. That's not, it's, it's, it's not new in an opening, but it, um, I moderate a panel for um, the Chamber with Andrew Ullum, Chris Powers, um, Angela Salamanca, and a few others talking about the you know, hospitality industry and building community. And during that time, Andrew started talking about this panettone bread that he was making that takes hours and hours and has to hang upside down. And he kept describing that they made like 250 loaves of it last year and sold out immediately. And I was like, what? And he showed me photos. I was fascinated 
by yeah. the hours that it took to make it and and just the look of it hanging upside down yeah. in the kitchen. That also, I feel like, could have been cover worthy. Um, we did give it a full bleed on yeah. the eat opener, so you'll have to check that out. It's so pretty. But, yeah, last year they cranked out like 300 of them. Yeah. And they're hoping to do like 350 or more yeah. this year. And in Lauren's story, uh, she talks about the process of making it. <laughs> And it's intense. Oh. Like, I I mean, whatever people were doing during the pandemic, what was that with the— um, Sourdough? Yes. Like, it that, just this takes— is nothing. This is nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and it has to be exact. That was the other thing I remember saying was that if it's six and a half hours, and I'm, I'm probably making this up because I don't know. I don't remember what was in the story. But if, it's, if it has to hang for six and a half hours, you can't do it for six hours and 15 minutes or six hours and four. I mean, it's, it's everything about it's very precise. Oh, yeah. And I think it was overnight. Anyway, it's, very, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of love going into these yes. loaves. Okay. So, and then I think the other thing is um, we cannot take our eye off the ball on Best Bars. Obviously. No, absolutely not. That's its own kind of exclusive. <laughs> It is. So Raleigh Magazine um, voting started, gosh. um, In October. In October. Mm -hmm. And we will honor the best bars, the 50 best bars in Raleigh in all kinds of categories from best cocktail bar to best overall bar to speakeasy to best game day food. Dive bar is my favorite. They never show up to get their awards. Isn't that kind of appropriate? It's dive bar. They don't show up. (laughs) I mean, I have them stacked in my office. We deliver them sometimes, but... (laughs) <laughs> but the point is, it's a great celebration of the industry. We do it at the end of January. Um, but voting's been open. It's open until December 15th. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's tight. And here's the deal don't go on there and put List Dram as best game day food bar or best wine bar. If you write the same bar in more than four categories, your ballot is is disqualified. Right. Yeah. Because last year, people were just filling it in with the same bar all the way down, and we had to go, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. The bartenders, it's close. It's really close. There's there's four that have sort of separated a little bit from the pack. I'm not going to tell you who they are. Nope. But that's still, that's it's not like one runaway, right? No. And there's still, as we're recording this, there's still a couple weeks to vote and anything's possible. So Well, and last year it came down to two at the end and it was so tight. Mm-hmm. I literally thought the winner was going to win by like one or two votes. That's how tight it was. It's also, that was true for our best overall. We had three best overall and the fourth was just outside. And let me tell you what best overall is in case you haven't paid attention. Best overall is your the bar you go to on your best day and it's the bar you go to on your worst day. It's your bar. That's it's right. the place that- Go in your so, pajamas, go exactly. in your cocktail it's your, <laughs> it's your bar. It's where you feel most at home. It's your overall best bar. So it doesn't have to be fancy, but it has to be yours. So yeah. think about that when you vote. Vote yeah. RaleighMag.com. You'll see it, it on the homepage. That's right. It's Right now it's in the feature well. If it's not there, there should be a big shiny ad for it. Just vote. And we're going to do some rapid fire. Yeah, done that in a, a while. couple of quick questions. I mean, there are a lot of restaurants opening the next two months, and not just the ones we've talked about today. What are you, are you, do you have one that you can't wait to go to or that you'd make, if, if they were all open for reservations, you'd start with first? Oh, man. I did not review my questions in no, advance. No, you did so. not. <laughs> I did not. And you can't have more than one. I know. I know. I, know. I, have to force, I have to enforce the rules. I think Tamasha because, you know, I just went to SAP when that opened, and that was a new experience. Like, you know, that's another Asian restaurant that just opened, and it was different, and it was amazing. And so I think I'm really curious to see what what 
see this story come to life? Like, what does it mean? What yeah. will it taste like? It's sad. I used to get all the invites, and now I have such a crackerjack editorial <laughs> team. I never even know about it. No, I'm just kidding. I am. <laughs> you were invited to. Sign. I know. I'm always. I'm kidding. <laughs> I am probably, I've always said it, I'm not a, I'm not as much the foodie as the rest of the team. I'm more atmosphere and service. I am really excited to sit at Terraza and look out at Raleigh. Oh. I, I, I got a sneak peek of that at night. He took me on a quick tour. That's going to be stunning. That is going to be a game changer for Raleigh. Absolutely. Yeah. And stay um, tuned on that. I am going to put you on the spot. Talking about voting for best bars, I don't know if you've voted yet, but I haven't actually. But I know my answer. What's your best overall bar? Wilco. I knew it. <laughs> what's yours? I, I'm not there yet. Okay. And which is your, based yeah. on your experience, the cocktail oh. classic bartender of the year who, prediction? Or who do you think? Oh, I can predict and not say my favorite. That's easier. Well, um, I, you know. I can say my favorite. Okay, hold on. So I want to give a shout out to Reese for winning People's Choice. That was amazing. That drink was amazing. That drink was amazing. A Tom Collins. Who knew? I, Who knew a Tom Collins could be that good? That's, I, I'm picking two. I'm sorry. So I, <laughs> she rolled her eyes at me. So I have to, because I would have never chosen a Tom Collins and what Reese did to that drink, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to give him my vote there. But also, like, my favorite drink in general and a bartender I know to be very good every drink I've ever had is Will at the parlor at Heights House. So for me, that's deadlock right now. I'd have to go, like, drink a couple more drinks in their bars and really think about who to vote for. A lot of people said at Cocktail Classic, including our producer, I think, that it was hard because you might like this drink, but you might love this bartender. You know, right. it's like, and so a lot of couples divided their votes up, you know, and went yeah. one. It, so it's hard. It felt a little bit like I just picked a favorite child or something like that. Yeah, felt cruel because yeah, I love all the bartenders. I know. <laughs> this is going to be hard. I mean, I uh, I haven't voted yet. I joke that Dram and Draft is my favorite bar and it probably is one of my favorite bars. It's my go-to if somebody, you know, but I have different bars for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love Longleaf. I love Annie Betty's. Bartender. I'll tell you, I think Kelly Lynch. Wait, you did not just name a favorite bar. <laughs> I thought I was going to get away with that. Um, I probably would stick with Dram and Draft if I'm going to get banned from bars. But but I have I have lots of favorites. That wasn't That's, your Masset answer. Are we saving that for the Masset? That was one of, I gave Lauren three. <laughs> Oh, okay. That wasn't the one she picked. Sorry, Dream. Um, well, then you have you have more than one. Like I do. You're taking it after me. Um, and then um, I do. I think Kelly Lynch killed it. Yeah, she's I, so cool. Um, she made the Negroni, which is not one of my favorite cocktails in general. I like gin a lot. That's not how I like to drink gin. But she is fun and interesting. And Hers was good, though. Hers was good. She did a white Negroni. Yeah, and at the event, um, they had a spotlight, you know, where mm-hmm. they each went behind the bar, and I got to sit in on hers. She and killed it. She absolutely killed it, and my parents were there. They sat in on that one. Uh, neither of them are huge gin drinkers, which we've talked about before, um, but it's growing on my dad, but my both of them just, they couldn't say enough nice things about the drink, her. I mean, when I, I walked up at the end, I wasn't there for the whole thing, and they were like, we really love her. She's amazing. And then my mom was like, I saw her on TV. <laughs> Uh, now I've been passed over. I was there too. Well, no, no she ki- always tells me she's. I'm easy. kidding. Um, well, you answered my favorite, the favorite drink one, right? Your favorite drink was. Oh, I well, I didn't. Technically, I said both, but I guess 
That was hard. I mean, I didn't expect to like the Tom Collins that much. I knew I would love the margarita. I like so. the daiquiri that came from Haymaker and Christian. People, Loved it. That was a house divided for, I want to say, 90-10, though. Like, I never heard anybody that didn't have a passionate feeling about it. Like, they either loved it or a couple people that don't like tropical drinks just didn't. Oh, and listening to how hard it was to make and the clarified milk and all the stuff they did for a solid week to make that drink. I will say, oh, we should say this issue has the recipes for all the cocktails that yep. were served at the Cocktail Classic. When you look at those recipes, I'm sorry, they're not three-ingredient recipes. It's not like I'm going to go home and sling this drink together. You realize the time and attention the bartenders put into it. Yeah, and Will's drink actually wasn't technically a margarita. It was like, what, tequila and olive oil? Yeah. So I took my family those books, um, the ones that weren't mm -hmm. able to attend, and my uncle texted me before we started airing and said he went to get the stuff and he's making the tequila and olive oil tonight. Love it. Isn't Love that it. cool? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we challenge people to make them and yeah. send us photos. Yeah, um, absolutely. We might do like a post or something. So, so go vote. Yes, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.